I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to CMO Moves. Today, I have the great pleasure of talking with Diego Scotti, who is the CMO of Verizon. Diego, hi, and welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Well, I'm doing very well. Today's an exciting day that I get to chat with you. Um, And I am just curious, let's start with what is it that you're doing right now with Verizon, and how did you get there? Well, I have the great privilege of leading marketing for this great company um, that I, I always think about it in the sense that if you, if you think about a Verizon, the brand is really younger than uh, Google, for example. Uh, you know, although you think about Verizon maybe as a, a more uh, you know, traditional uh, legacy brand just because it's, it's been the amalgamation of, of several companies that, that came together uh, only uh, 16, 17 years ago, you know. But I, but I think for me, it's a, it's a great privilege because, first of all, the sheer size and scale of our business, the scale of customers that we touched every day. I mean, more than 100 million people have this country, a relationship with Verizon. And also it's a, it's a privilege because of what this brand and this company uh, stands for, you know, the dedication and passion for quality and the reliability of our products is really, really inspiring. Absolutely. And you've been doing a lot of work to also inspire others. Um, What is it that you love about being a CMO? Well, I think for me, from a very early age, I always wanted to uh, communicate and always like to market, to sell things, you know? So having and creating that emotional connection with consumers to get them to buy your product is something that had always been something that attracted me. And and it's been interesting because all throughout my career, um, if if I look at the different brands and companies that I work for, there were brands that were very emotional brands, you know, American Express, Vogue Magazine, J. Crew, and now Verizon. Uh, there were brands that the product, it was, yeah, it was there. The product is, uh, is tangible and clear, but they wanted to go one step further in terms of creating a very strong connection with the consumers. I, I always love that about marketing. I always take it as a, as a challenge to how do we make that connection even stronger at every step of the way. And when I joined Verizon, I, I remember the first conversation that our chairman had with me when I was interviewing and, 
and he uh, he said to me, "Listen, we are we are now a telecommunications company, but we want to become a technology company that has a different kind of relationship." with their customers. And that is not going to be easy, but it's something that we want to create. That was now um, three and a half years ago. What, what I love about what I'm doing and, and what are we doing as a team uh, at Verizon is to continue to add a dimension uh, to this brand. You know, so for, for, for many, many years, our position has been as uh, being the most reliable network in America and as, as the category continues to, to expand and uh, more competitors come in, that's been our, our heart and soul. And now we uh, want to continue to create meaning in terms of what that means, not at just the functional level, but the emotional level. So it, two, two examples that I'm, I'm really excited about. One is, is very recent uh, because it just happened a few days ago at the Super Bowl. But for the Super Bowl, we, we haven't been at the Super Bowl for 11 years. And, uh, and that was purposeful, you know, because it's not about being at the Super Bowl, but having the stage to have a lot of eyes uh, or eyeballs in, in, in what you're doing. And we've been telling for a while last year, inspired by all the, the disasters that happened, fortunately, in the country, to tell a story about first responders and to really thank first responders that sometimes they don't, they don't get the thanks that they deserve and really punctuates that, you know, the, their job is to answer the call. Our job is to make sure they get it, you know. We didn't have to talk about any technical specifications about the network or about what we do or we have this or that better than our competitors. That message resonated uh, so beautifully because it's, first of all, authentic. is the, the essence of, our, of, of who we are and tells you that there is a story that transcends as any kind of technology, you know. And the other initiative is what we call human ability. Human ability is something that we launched last year and, and it's directed to help people understand that, you know, today when people think of Verizon, they often view us as a wireless carrier. But the, the reality is that technology and innovation is at the core of everything that we do. So when you look at what we're building as a company, you really see that uh, when we talk about telematics, when we talk about the Internet of Things, when we talk about smart cities, there is a, a world out there that Verizon touches that is not just being a wireless company, you know. But in a way, it's interesting that we've been doing this for, for a few years now. Now is the moment where human ability is not only just an advertising campaign, but it's the manifestation of uh, the business strategy and a philosophy that is uh, demonstrating how our technology and our capabilities help people, uh, as I always say, do more good and, and also uh, more, more new. You know? So the reason why these two examples are important is because they, they add up to this um, dimension that I was mentioning that the brand has to have. And you know, sometimes I get in conversations with colleagues or even in a, with, with our agencies or, or people inside the company. And they ask me like, but why, do we, why don't we have just one thing going on that we just kind of like, you know, replicate everywhere and we're very unidimensional. Any brand that wants to create a deeper connection with customers and any brand that is of the size of, of ours, it needs to have several tools in their arsenal in terms of how do we tell our story? What, what we don't want to have is a story that is, all over the place. We want to have a story that is, that is consistent. But I think sometimes we marketers spend too much, too much time on creating matching luggage as opposed to creating dimension and depth. And that's what I'm after. Well, that's fantastic. Um, you know, as you're sharing 
that story, you remind me a lot about um, what Klaus Schwab has been saying. He's the founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, which I'm sure you know. Mm-hmm. But he put a very strong call to action for leaders to become responsible and responsive, uh, especially towards humanity. So uh, hats off for you know being a leader there. Um, it's very exciting work, and I, I've, I've taken a look at uh, your website. It's just amazing how many people you're able to help through that. How has that been, though? I mean, a lot of people think that you know that's a wonderful effort, um, and it can feel almost like you're you're talking about something completely different. But you've been able to marry Verizon as a brand to these tremendous efforts. Can you talk a little bit more about how you brought your team together, how you thought about this, and you know, kind of the steps you took along the way? Totally. And, and, and listen, everything starts with a great vision. And the vision for the company comes from Lowell McAdam. He's our CEO and, and, and chairman. And he, his vision transcends that of a connected world. You know, the vision of this brand is the fact that we are such a, such a big company, it comes with the responsibility of having a, a positive impact uh, in the world and in, and in society. So we, we always have taken that very seriously. It's just that that's a story that, that, that really wasn't, uh, wasn't told, you know. And uh, part of that is because the culture of our company is very humble in a way. Our people and the way we are is all about we build it and then we talk about it. We do it and we execute it and then we take satisfaction from it. So a lot of these uh, uh, things that we were doing in terms of impact in society, they, they weren't really uh, stories that, that, we were, that we were telling. So, so this was a lot about getting those stories out. And I think the fundamental change, I think, for, for our team and our agencies is being um, a little bit of changing our mindset from being marketers or advertisers to becoming detectives and, and journalists of our brand, right? These stories have always been there. There is a, a new, uh, another new effort that, that we also introduced in support of the, the network that we call Best for a Good Reason. Those are videos that you can find in YouTube and in social media that are uh, real engineers talking about specific examples about what makes our network different. And all started, I tell you, with one conversation that I had with an engineer that has been with us uh, since the beginning of the company, 20-something years. And he was saying, you know, Diego, I knew that we were going to become the best network in America because all of the decisions that we made were going to end up being the best network in America. We made all the right investments, all the right decisions. And, uh, and then when I started to ask other people about that insight, I started to realize, wow, that philosophy permeates everything that we do, big and small decisions. And listen, for a big company like this, every decision that we make impacts our quality. And, and every decision starts with, a, starts with a person, you know? So I love talking to the engineers because they are almost the evangelists of our brand, the people that sometimes they're not in front of the camera, but are the ones that make this brand really, really special. So when I said to my team, no, listen, we got to become detectives of our brand. We have to become journalists and, and apply our, our thinking uh, not only to just market the price point or marketing, we're better than our competitors. We don't have to do that. We have to tell our story and we have to tell our story with depth. I tell you, that was 
a liberating thought for everybody. Because all of a sudden, the message not only comes from an authentic place, but all of a sudden, everybody stood a little bit taller in their chairs, you know, with a lot of more, um, you know, confidence. And listen, somebody was asking me about the Super Bowl. What was my, my opinion about the different spots on the Super Bowl? And, and you know, what I'm going to say is nothing new, which is when your message being, you know, making people cry, making people laugh, whatever, whatever the tonality is, if your message is authentic, if you're not trying to co-opt a conversation that is not authentic to you, if you're not trying to connect with something that it might be something of the moment that has, that has nothing to do with your brand, if you stay true to who you are and you have uh, your message being authentic, it's probably going to have a huge chances of success, you know, because it comes from the, ins- from the inside out. Now, sometimes getting to what that is, is not easy. And that's why we marketers need to really apply ourselves to do that. But I think more and more, uh, I see marketing kind of like getting lazy to really understand uh, what's the essence of a brand and working really hard to walk in a straight line. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you remind me a lot too of the conversation I had with Seth Farman. He was the very first podcast that I released on CMO Moves. And uh, I think he would agree with you wholeheartedly. And it's interesting that you talked about putting on the journalist hat, the investigator hat, because he started his career in journalism and found his love for marketing. Uh, so it, it there's, a, there's an interesting connection there. So you spent quite a bit of time thinking about the composition of your teams to really bring together uh, diverse teams and inspire the innovation in your company by pulling diverse thought together as well. Can you talk a little bit about how you approach that? Yeah, it, it's, it's been an interesting journey in the last three years. And um, there, there, are, there are two uh, two aspects of this. I believe that what the world of business requires today is an approach to marketing that is fully integrated and that really looks at the experience that a customer has with the brand, not only from a, a communication standpoint, but across every touch point. That is easier to say than done, but it has to start uh, with a composition of the team structure and skill sets that are pointed towards that. So for example, when we looked at the way we design our structure for marketing at, at Verizon, uh, we really integrated all the functions. So you have everything from the traditional Marcom activities that are part of marketing to uh, you know public relations and uh, corporate communications and even employee communications that report into, into marketing. Our CSR efforts and the Verizon Foundation, given that our impact on society is so big, also report onto, onto marketing. And we even went, went one step further, which is the, the customer experience design function is also part of marketing. A little bit more than a year ago now, we brought two of, the, of our uh, most recent hires. Uh, the first one is Andrew McKechnie, that is our chief creative officer, and also uh, Scott Zimmer, that is our chief experience officer. Those two guys report on to me, their peers, and they are the yin and yang of what we're trying to create from uh, an outcome standpoint. Scott's team is designing the experiences of today and the future across all channels. Andrew's team uh, designs the uh, communications and the visual elements uh, and voice of the brand that go 
on top of those experiences. And he does it both with our in-house teams as well as our external agencies. A lot of people ask me, how's that going? And I tell you, it's been one of the most rewarding experiences in my career because what we're trying to do is it's hard. It's hard to do, you know. And, uh, but first of all, we believe it's the only way to do it. And it's been interesting because in order for that to really work, there's a lot of work that needs to happen, not only in bringing the great, great talent, but in how those teams really work together. And I tell you, we learn a lot because we've done things that didn't work. We've done things that really worked, but they needed some getting used to. And to me, in the composition of our team and overall for the company, at the center is the right balance of personal accountability with a strong collaboration. And, and I tell you, it's been interesting because sometimes people ask me, okay, who leads and who follows? You know, how does it work in this collaboration? Because if everybody wants to lead at the same time, it doesn't work. If nobody leads, because the collaboration is just a, a great exercise, it doesn't work either. So the level of sophistication of our teams and the leaders to, to really create that integration at the same time that you do it at the scale that this brand requires and the standard of quality that we want to achieve from a creativity standpoint. And creativity, I don't mean just creative, but means any type of uh, creativity required for marketing. I mean, it's a tall order. It's a tall order. And uh, we're trying to get better every day. I never thought that this was going to be quick and instantaneous, but this is one of those things that, well, it doesn't happen over time, but you need to work at it every single day, every single day. We are obsessive about it. Uh, you know, I'm obsessive about uh, that collaboration and, and raising our body in average, you know. That is wonderful. And when you think about recruiting talent to your team, um, obviously, you know, you're looking for the best talent. How do you define the best talent? Um, is it the best athlete or are you looking for diverse points of view? How do you think about the, your talent pool? Yeah, well, well, first of all, and this, is, this gets to, um, to a point that is uh, very close to me, which is the, the whole issue of, of diversity as a, as a whole, you know, and, and diversity, I don't mean only in terms of, uh, you know, gender, of race, uh, by diversity to your point of personal story, backgrounds, and points of view. You know, we, we, we deeply believe that, that diversity is not just the, the right thing to do, but it's, it's, it's good business. It makes us, it makes us better. And, and personally, you know, I've, I've been in the U.S. now for 20-something years. I'm from Argentina originally, and, and the, the sense of community has always been part of what has taken me uh, to move from Argentina to Miami, from Miami to New York, and to be able to, um, you know, continue to progress in, in, in my career and in my personal life because I had that, that community uh, su supporting me. And those communities were very, very diverse, you know. So when we go and recruit diversity, it's a very big point for us because allow us to have that, uh, that different perspectives on, on, on our business. And then to your point about athletes, listen, my... My role as, as a leader of marketing is to attract the most creative people in the world. Internally, externally, we want the best creative minds in the world working for Verizon. That sounds kind of like pretentious. I understand. I know. But <laughs> this brand deserves this brand deserves that. And at the end of the day, in marketing, um, listen, it's all about the people. 
is all about the people. Everybody has the same computers. Everybody has the same uh, cameras to shoot uh, commercials or, or photography. Uh, we pretty much everybody has the same thing. What makes the difference is the people. So we put a lot of emphasis on that. We, uh, we have a tremendous program that we've uh, created to help uh, create a pipeline of talent, a diverse talent coming in the organization. It's called uh, Ad Fellows. We launched this last year, and this uh, is a program which we bring every year uh, 20 plus graduates that do a ninth month uh, rotation program across Verizon and our agencies. So we're doing this in partnership with our agencies. And this rotation is amazing. I was thinking, like, I wish I could have had the opportunity to go through a program like that that would allow me to understand if I wanted to be on the client side, if I wanted to work in a media agency, if I wanted to work on experiential marketing. And our target is always to hire 90% of the ad fellows that come in the program, you know? Um, and listen, I, I'm extremely helpful to our agency partners because going back to the point about collaboration, when we ask them to join us on this program that we basically co-fund, they all say, yes, we want to do this with you. And, and again, everybody, everybody benefits, you know? And, uh, and what it makes me most proud with other um, people, I, I know that Antonio Lucio has been uh, in your show as well. Antonio and I are very passionate about diversity. He's, uh, he's definitely been uh, one of the first ones to start really taking a stand on this. And, and I've definitely been following his, his teachings on this because uh, he's, he's really somebody that has led all of us in, in, in that topic. And uh, we're now talking about, well, maybe other companies like his would join the Ad Fellows program. I, I want to even make here the, the call to everybody that we have this know-how about the Ad Fellows program that we have now packaged together. And we're going to give that to any company that wants to create their own Ad Fellows program. There's no trademark. There's no copyright of how we've done it. We want more companies to join. And my dream is that we can have a, a board of Ad Fellows companies that we keep making the program uh, bigger and better. Well, that's amazing. And um, I could probably think of 10 people right off the top of my head who would want to help you in that effort. Namely, uh, I just interviewed Kieran Hennan, who's the CMO of Belkin, and he was asking the question, well, why are we not sharing resources across companies? You know, of course, in the non-competitive situation where there could be a rotational program, somebody from his team could go work, say, on your team for three months and flip-flop. But mm-hmm. your Ad Fellows program is even more elaborate. Can, can you describe a little bit about how it works? Sure. The program that we created is, as I said, in partnership with six of our agencies in six different skill sets, PR, media, digital marketing, experiential marketing. And each of the ad fellows uh, go through in the ninth month month period, go through uh, a a rotation throughout the six different uh, areas of, of expertise. At the end of that period, we ask the ad fellows uh, where would they like to, uh, to work. And then there is a discussion between the agencies and Verizon about who wants to hire whom. It's that simple. It's that simple. Uh, but we put a lot of emphasis on the admissions to the program because they hire the quality of the candidates. They hire the probabilities that we're going to be happy with the outcome because we want the target to be 90% higher uh, rate. The candidates add 100% diverse candidates. And the reason why to me this is so important in terms of what this program does is because one of the issues that usually doesn't get talked about when we talk about diversity 
is one of the principal drivers of the lack of talent in our industry at the entry levels on diversity is an economical issue. It's like, if I don't have uh, parents that can support me to, to move to a city like New York and, and pay for my living expenses for a couple of years until I get my feet on the ground, I'm probably never going to be in a big city like New York getting good jobs in companies that are going to progress my career. So the other component of the Ad Fellows program is that we paid for all living expenses for the ninth month of the Ad Fellowship. That to me was very important from the beginning. And listen, we not only help people that, that are uh, you know, in good situations, but we, we make this equal. I want the best talent period. And giving these young men and women the opportunity to really be connected with the best talent, the best companies in the world is something that is it's just very difficult to achieve. So we kind of like took that economic issue out of the picture. And uh, listen, I'm very excited because I think this has the potential to be very transformative. And listen, we have 20 of them this year. Next year, we'll have probably 30 or 40. Uh, hopefully, we'll have other people like uh, Antonio Lucio or Kristin Lenkow or uh, uh, Linda Boff join us on this uh, journey and if they're listening. But I think the exciting thing is that, you know, you have to take the first step. It doesn't matter if it's 1, 20, 40, or 100. It, I think the issue with diversity, and Antonio and I always talk about this, is, is that everybody does a lot of talk. But if you don't take the first step, then nothing changes. Wow. Okay. I could not agree with you more. And uh, I'm going to take a step. And for anybody who's listening uh, in the description of this session, I will make sure to put all the information on how to find out more about Adfellows. And, you know, I support you and Antonio and Linda and Kristen and all the, the wonderful people I've had the honor of working with uh, when we put together the Talent Challenge Playbook for the ANA. And uh, talent development is a serious issue. And it is, um, our responsibility, all of us, to help folks get access to uh, whether it's hard skill development or soft skill development. Um, and I want to talk about soft skills for just a moment here, Diego, because I think that's the number one gap we have that's the hardest for people to find resources on. It's the hardest for people to get training on. A lot of people have to learn it on the fly. How did you gain your tremendous leadership skills? Well, I, I think I had the privilege to work with people that they weren't only really at the top of their game and, and extremely talented, but also were uh, extremely generous in terms of, you know, uh, helping me grow. People like, like uh, you know, John Hayes, uh, the ex-CMO of American Express, for example, or Mickey Drexler, you know, at, at Crew. I mean, those were people that had a huge impact in, uh, in my career and people that they made a mission uh, for themselves to help me be better. Uh, and, and I think I know that this might sound like, like a cliche, you know, but when we talk about our responsibility as leaders, we have a big responsibility, which is not only paid forward, if you have the benefit of having had those type of experiences that, that really uh, form you, but also I, I think it's a responsibility of just doing that, even if you're not, if you're benefiting from that, because that's the way people grow, you know. And uh, I know the older I get as well, um, the more I see the perspective of all those people that, in big ways or small ways, they taught me. You know, they spend ten more minutes teaching me, and I try to do the same. 
And then I think the other, the other thing is the point about how do you keep learning every day? You know, and I know that sounds like another cliche, but it not only helps you keep growing, but also keeps you young. Yeah, it sure does. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, uh, let's talk about how you have uh, thought about your career from the moment you decided to be a CMO. Like, when was that moment? And then did you have a path in mind or did you just happen to make really good moves or break some rules, if you will, along the way? Uh, It was all luck. (laughs) No, I'm joking. No, listen, I, I never set out to be a CMO, but I, I always knew that I wanted to work in marketing. You know, I spent the first 15 years of my career at American Express. That was, was an amazing uh, school of marketing. And I worked in many roles, not only in marketing, but business development, new product development, and then, uh, you know, marketing and advertising. But I always gravitated to the, the more creative side of marketing in the sense of, again, not just advertising creative, but like, how do you get to apply creativity to business, you know, to connect with customers. And, uh, you know, I, when I hit 15 years at American Express, one of the things that I was thinking is like, what I want to do my career, you know, uh, I mean, is, is, is financial services what I want to do? And, you know, it was really a moment of truth, you know, and somebody, somebody that I uh, really trust told me, uh, you know, I know that this is going to sound like, know what you want to hear, but uh, you really need to think about your career as a collection of experiences. That's what really matters. The rest will take care of itself if you think like that. Actually, it was, uh, you know, John Seifer that now is the CEO of, uh, of Ogilvy uh, and Mather. And, I, and that, that made a big impression on me. I don't know if I told you, I need to tell him that. But that made a big impression, you know. And, and then the opportunity came to go and work at, at Vogue magazine. A, that it was a completely non-intuitive move, if you think about from a perspective where, where I was and, and the path for the marketer. But I tell you, it's been one of the most rewarding experiences of my life, starting with the point of diversity. I, I tell you, I was one of three men in a group of 80 women. And, <laughs> and, and that was an amazing experience. You know, the amount of learning and perspective, it was amazing and an extremely creative environment. You know, uh, that told me a lot. And then uh, when I got the call for the CMO role at J. Crew, it made a lot of sense to me because I wanted to, um, to the point about the experiences, I really wanted to experience working for a retailer with all the good and the bad that comes with being in retail, you know? And again, that was a tremendous experience because, uh, first of all, working on a brand that at that moment we made uh, really to be on their heyday, but in such a creative environment, in, sometimes in which creativity surpasses and takes over everything else, it was just very exhilarating and a tremendous learning. And, um, you know, I owe a lot to Mickey because it hasn't been a time that I go to a store uh, after working there for three years and I look at the store the same way that everybody else. You know, I always admire him for seeing things that people didn't see. Now I go to a store and a store and I kind of like point all the 20 things that I want to change and how to merchandise things in some other way because I learned that working with him, you know. And then when I got the call to come to Verizon, I was thinking, wow, I mean, it's like, you know, technology. And, 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 and my first question was, Lowell, like, why do you want somebody like me? Because I'm going to come and probably do this and this and this and this, all the things that we've been doing. And, uh, and I don't come from this industry. I don't know anything about this industry. And his response was uh, exactly and exactly. 
you know, and um, it, listen, it's been extremely rewarding. And I'm very grateful to, uh, to Lowell and to uh, everybody on Verizon because they have given me the space uh, and the encouragement and the support to do everything that we wanted to do. And, uh, you know, I always find that, that in, in the, and to your point about being, being a CMO, you know, sometimes any senior role in business today comes with you know, a lot of pressure and, and a lot of deliverables and a lot of complexity and, and really a broad remit that you have. But for me, it also comes with a huge degree of responsibility of paying back in a way that the trust, uh, that support and uh, yeah, that trust that they have put on me and, and on the and on the team, you know, and, and I'm proud of what we've done so far. You know, we're, we're just starting. It's been only three years, but I think our team, it's a, it's a dream team. You know, I think we have tremendous people on our team. Uh, we're all growing together and we're going to take this brand to its next chapter. And I think that's important too. You know, you were talking about leadership and I have huge respect for the past, you know, because I think that gives you some perspective and respect of the past. That doesn't mean that you need to keep everything, either the playbooks or the way things were done in the past, because if you want to move forward, uh, you got to change a lot of things. But respect for the past means understanding uh, the motivations, the essence, the people that came before you that build things. I always like to say we got to build marketing over the, the shoulders of giants that created this brand before we came. And that gives you a good perspective, you know? And I try to think about that all the time, you know, to keep in check. Right, absolutely. Well, Diego, you just touched on another giant topic. So we might have to come back one day and do a part two here. Um, But we are unfortunately out of time today. So I only have one more question for you. And that is, if you were not a CMO, what would you be? Oh, without a doubt, I would love to be uh, a news anchor. You know, I would love to read the news every day at 6.30 and uh, say that was the news that was, you know, or something like that. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's great. Well, for anybody out there that has an opening on a 6.30 p.m. spot, maybe Diego could be a guest appearance at least to see if it's uh, something he's going to do long term, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Good good night and good luck. That's awesome. Well, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to see where you will go. Thank you so much, Diego, for your time. It's been a true pleasure. It's been a pleasure, Nadine. Thanks so much. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 